Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. All righty. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 20th of April, 2022. Happy Wednesday hump day to you, ladies and gentlemen. I've made the hump joke, hope you're getting humped far too many times for me to do it again. But so I just say, I hope you're getting late. (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. It only exists because of you. Thanks for rating and reviewing on iTunes and writing the nice things that you guys do there. It, uh, it's so cool that you guys listen. It really is. Uh, don't forget about the uh, Week in Effin' Review and the contest. You can win uh, signed books. Adam Carolla is on the, will be in the mail as soon as the person who won gives me their address. And uh, this week's is Dick Cheney versus Brad Thor, whichever way you want to go. It's entirely up to you. Dick Cheney versus Brad Thor. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, and don't forget about Life Change Tea. Go to GetTheTea.com where you get the tea. Now let's get on with the show. Action-packed, as always, since we last spoke. A lot has happened. A lot of outrageous things, a lot of stupid things, a lot of dumb things. And, of course, most of them involve government. All of them involve liberals, so, of course, they're going to be dumb. I guess we got to start off. we got to start off with the uh, this judge. Oh, this evil judge down there in Florida, federal judge. She's a Trump judge. Have you noticed that they always report that she's a Trump judge? These leftists in the media, this Trump judge, she's only 35 years old. Yet she's attractive and she's a judge and she clerked for the Supreme Court. Uh, And not a single person grousing about her has a resume that could touch her. But hey, she wasn't chosen because of her gender and her skin color. So... What's the point? She's not worthy of celebration. She was chosen on the merits. That's not allowed anymore in the United States of America. Yeah, the uh, judge down in Florida has ruled that the federal mask mandate on planes is done. It's unconstitutional. If you notice... The left has lost their ever-loving mind, or whatever they had left of a mind, about this. They really, truly have freaked out about this. Catherine Kimball Mazel, down in Tampa, pointed out how the federal government doesn't have the authority. The CDC does simply not have the authority to impose this mask mandate on travel. You know, if the government wanted a mask mandate, the government should then... I don't know, do something crazy like what? Like pass a law, pass a bill, make it legal, do it through the normal process. But not anymore. They don't do that stuff anymore. They just let bureaucrats reign. And this judge looked at it and said, bureaucrats don't have that kind of power. Here's a question for you. 
ask yourself who the uh, person was who wrote this federal regulation. Which individual in government decided that if you went on a plane, a train, or certain automobiles, you had to wear a mask? Who campaigned on that? Who was elected on that? Which piece of legislation was passed to empower somebody to do that? And who was it? Where's the signature at the bottom of that memo? What does it read? We don't know. It was some faceless bureaucrat that has never been known and likely will never be known. It was probably done by committee somewhere inside, I don't know, the CDC, the TSA. We don't really know where it came from. But it was just decreed to be so, and everybody was supposed to bow down for it. We are not, having read the Constitution, and I recommend you read the Constitution if you haven't, or reread it if it's been a while, there is nowhere in the Constitution that says, by the way, if a faceless bureaucrat or team of bureaucrats or some uh, duly appointed committee by some other bureaucrats made up of bureaucrats, decides that any or all of these rights protected by the Constitution are inconvenient at any moment or should there be a pandemic, these rights can be uh, viewed as suggestions more so than rights and go to town and knock yourself out and have fun as long as you get a majority vote on this subcommittee looking into whatever it is, you can override anything you can make people do just about it. Suddenly it becomes Simon Says. My daughters have recently discovered what Simon Says is, and they enjoy playing Simon Says. And so they're not very good at it yet, but they're learning it. They like any game, honestly. But um, they're learning it. And they will learn simultaneously not only how to play Simon Says, but that the federal government, that no government, has the ability to be Simon. There are limitations. But instead of dealing with the legalities of the case, the left has decided to attack this woman, this judge, down in Florida. She's young. She's attractive. She's Trump appointed. She's got to be. She's white. God forbid I forgot her worst, most disgusting trait. She's white. That means she's an enemy of the people. The 1619 Project is ready to start the 2022 Project so that they can talk about how horrible this judge is. It's unbelievable how the left functions. Meanwhile, what happened with this mandate? As soon as it was announced, it went away. The airlines started to say, and people traveling started to say, well, what do we do? Are we allowed to wear masks or not wear our masks? Can we take these face diapers off, please? Are we allowed to do that? And nobody knew. I said yesterday that, you know, we don't, we don't know what the scope is and we don't know when it starts. Well, hilariously, right after... The ruling came really came down yesterday afternoon. Right after the ruling came down was the uh, daily press briefing in the White House. Ginger Goebbels was asked about this and, you know, whether or not the administration is going to appeal. What about and, and Peter Ducey actually asked a very salient question because they're sitting there in the White House press briefing room. I. I don't know if you've ever been inside the James Brady press briefing room in the White House. It's very small. It is very, very small. Um, it's I have maybe a studio apartment. 
it's, it looks bigger on TV. Everything looks bigger on TV. I remember the first time I was on the floor of the United States Senate. I thought, my God, this place is tiny. And it looks so gigantic on C-SPAN. But that's the, the magic of TV. The press briefing room is very, very small. And they're in there packed in there, not wearing masks. Some are wearing masks. And it's weird because if you want to wear a mask, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. You know, the concept of freedom. And the White House functions quite well that way. But on a plane where I don't know how often the air is changed in the uh, White House press briefing room, but given the what I assume is the natural aroma of, of most members of the press, I hope it's all, well, actually, no, because they're so horrible. I hope it never changes. I hope their, their body odor from, I hope the body odor from Helen Thomas is still hanging over that room like a cloud. But on an airplane, the air is changed about every 60 seconds. The air is changed and filtered about every 60 seconds. It's the cleanest air you could get outside of maybe scuba diving, I, I would guess. And uh, you had to wear the face diaper. So Ducey's asking in a room full of people without masks, though some have, Ginger Goebbels, what are you going to do? Why do we have to, why can we not wear a mask here, but on a plane you have to wear a mask? And her answer is rather telling, especially in the context of knowing that about eh, half an hour to an hour after she was done saying that, I'm not a doctor, are you a doctor? We follow the rules of doctors. We have, uh, the rules of the doctors at the CDC, the experts, had said we need two more weeks, at least. Now, they've been saying two more weeks, two more months for two years, right? 15 days to slow the spread. But they had just recently said we need two more weeks. We need two more weeks. That was what they, the experts had ruled. So Ginger Goebbels is defending that. And then about a half an hour to an hour later, those so-called experts threw their hands up, exasperated, realizing that they don't have the authority, that they just did it, and they were probably amazed that they were able to get a law away with it for so long, and they announced that they wouldn't appeal. Now, in the ensuing half hour to, to an hour, none of the science changed. Those doctors didn't reconvene and go, hmm, maybe we should get rid of this because uh, nobody's getting sick. No, Ginger Goebbels actually lies and says that cases of transmissions have been increasing on planes, which is not true. But she doesn't care. I mean, she's going to MSNBC. I guess she needs the practice. Plus, she, she's the spokesmodel for the Biden administration. Truth has no bearing on her. Listen to this exchange. It's all very telling. And everything you're about to hear is a lie. It would be flagged by social media as misinformation or disinformation if it had come from a Republican White House. But because they're on the team, it is A-OK. You said about this mask ruling out of a federal court in Florida that it's a disappointing decision and you say you continue to recommend that people wear masks. <laughs> Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks? Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor that I'm aware of. If you're a doctor, I wasn't aware of that today and until today. Right. Okay, not a doctor. <laughs> Just making sure. I don't know. Um, and. Nor does he play one on TV. There you go. Most days. Um, but these determinations, remember the masking guidance is there are is green, yellow, and red. 
We are currently in a green zone in Washington, D.C., so they're not recommending it. Some people can still wear a mask if they want to. Many people do, or wear them in meetings, or wear them at certain times where you're going to be around or sitting close to people, or maybe you have an immunocompromised parent or, or friend, and so people make that decision. And there's, this is based on health considerations and data that the CDC looks at about transmissibility as, as we've seen an increase in cases on, on airplanes. As we've seen increasing cases on airplanes. We haven't seen increasing cases on airplanes. Throughout the entire pandemic, we haven't seen increasing cases on, on airplanes. But there's Gigi, Ginger Goebbels, sitting there going and saying it. Flat out. Look, we follow the experts. The experts have said that this is terrible. They need more time. People are going to die. This is awful, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then half an hour later, they go, ah, we're not going to be able to win this court case. Let's just stop enforcing it. Let's stop doing it. And they announced it. And Ginger Goebbels was never, I wonder if she'll be questioned at all about, hey, you said those doctors, you follow the doctors. This went against the doctors and then the doctors flipped. If the doctors were really insistent, if the doctors were genuinely serious people, if the doctors were so certain that masks were necessary on planes, or people were going to get sick and die, wouldn't those doctors have been screaming from the high heavens? My God, what are you doing? We must have these mask mandates. Appeal, appeal, appeal. Not going, oh, well, it was a good run while we had it. It was fun. That's essentially what they did. Where's, where's President Fauci right now? Is he okay? Has somebody done a wellness check on him? He's losing his grip on power. He's getting fewer and fewer media requests. He's thinking about taking up arms in Ukraine just to get some TV time. Or talking about how war in Ukraine is going to spread the virus. I mean, we're to the point of absurdity. We are really in the theater of the absurd. Well, doctors say we must do so You're not a doctor. Do you play a doctor on TV? You don't play a doctor on TV even. So we must do what the doctors say. The doctors told us that it was wildly important that we have these mask mandates. But a court says no. Well, now the doctors say, okay, courts, you win. Makes you wonder how long ago the so-called experts had come to this conclusion. It also makes you wonder on what basis was this original decision made? If they're willing to just walk away like a dealer in Vegas at shift change and just clap their hands and nothing up my uh, sleeves here and back away slowly like they're leaving, you know, 15th century royalty in the room, then when did they realize that this was garbage? Did they know all along? Was this just about control? Was this just about normalizing the wearing of masks and normalizing the concept of the government making an issue or issuing an order and the people obeying it? They deputize. Think about all the videos you've seen over the past two years of people being thrown off the planes, families being thrown off planes. Oh, a special needs kid is fidgeting with their mask and some Karen on the flight is upset, some left winger. Oh, no, they're not wearing their mask properly. They're not wearing their mask properly. And they say, well, can you put the mask on the uh, the two-year-old? And like, well, the kid's two years old and autistic and they're trying to drink some juice. And, you know, no, I'm sorry, you've got to go. People have been thrown, families have been thrown off planes for something that stupid. And we're supposed to just sit around and, and go, oh, okay, well, that makes perfect sense. And sadly, so many people did. 
I haven't flown in the past two years, mostly because I absolutely hate flying. But I wasn't about to go on a plane with my kids because I know that when some jackass starts going, hey, your kids put the mask on and the kid, if the kid doesn't want to wear it, I'm going to jail. That's uh, it's just going to end up with me in jail. I don't know how, how I'm going to get there through which dots are going. I know the, the starting dot and I know the end dot, the connecting dots eh, that's up in the air. But I knew what was going to happen. I didn't want to risk it. Plus, I absolutely despise flying. I actually. Somebody asked me to moderate an event down in Atlanta for uh, uh, friends, and they were willing to fly me down there, and all, and I just I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Like I go, I like I didn't have to take a day off work, fly down there. It's supposed to be tomorrow, so fly down there and then go to this thing and do all the. I like I don't want to be away from the family. I don't want to fly. I don't. Wanna, I just don't want to deal with it. it. Had nothing to do with masks. This was long ago. So uh, I suggested and hooked him up with Eric Erickson. So thanks, Eric. <laughs> I know you're not listening, but thanks, Eric. You saved me the hassle of having to fly, although it'd be slightly less hassle today. But you can tell the American people, for all the obedience, for all of the Karens out there, there are hundreds or thousands of normal Americans who are just sick to death of this crap, who aren't having anything to do with it. You can tell because when this was announced, when the, the CDC said, all right, fine, we give up. We were making it up. We quit. Flight attendants on planes went through and announced, like the CDC just announced, or FDA or FAA just announced they're not going to do this anymore. You, so now masks are optional. And planes uniformly erupted in applause. Erupted in applause. They were gleeful. They had been set free. They had been liberated. I'm sure there were. You know, if you still want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Just like the vaccine. If the vaccines worked the way they were told, we were told they worked. You shouldn't give a single damn whether or not somebody else is vaccinated. You're safe, right? You're vaccinated and boosted. If you believe that stuff. If masks work, it shouldn't matter whether or not you're wearing a mask. It's not going to seep in through your pores. It goes in through your nose and your mouth. And if you've got a mask on, if you've got a piece of cloth, if you look like you're a, a, an Old West bank robber, you should be safe, right? shouldn't matter what anybody else does. The fact that people get so upset about what other people are doing tells you that deep down, those Karens know that they've been lied to. And they want to perpetuate the lie because the truth scares them even more. It's sad and pathetic. really is. A couple more thoughts on this, uh, this mask mandate going the way of the dodo, just because um, <clears throat> these leftists have had absolute meltdowns. It's, it, it's worth the price of admission for this reason alone. Uh, we'll start off with, uh, let's see, there's a guy named Jared Raybell. And he took to Twitter. Now, I don't know if you know this. You probably aren't as active on Twitter as I am. But there is this phenomenon. Whenever there's something going on in the news, there's some leftist who pretends to have had some sort of heart-to-heart -heart discussion with their kid about it in the past. And then their kid poignantly brings it up at the proper moment to highlight just how evil and mean conservatives are. 
An example would be something like uh, the, the, the Florida bill, the parental rights and education bill. And then some lib in another state will go, my five-year-old asked me why it is that Ron DeSantis doesn't like trans people or doesn't like people like his friend Betty, who is a trans, whatever it is. They always have the absolute perfect scenario that doesn't exist in nature. And the five-year-old following this, my five-year-old just read the New York Times and thought, what an evil SOB Ron DeSantis is. And with tears in his eyes, they always have some sort of thing about that or they're choking back the tears. Somebody's on the verge of tears or in the midst of tears. And it involves their five to seven year old asking a question that I guarantee, you know, five to seven. If, if your five to seven year old is thinking about the garbage that they pretend their five to seven year olds are thinking about, their childhood has been robbed from them. Let's just put it that way. They, they're they are subject to abuse and their childhood has been robbed from them. They need to have child protective services called on them immediately. They need to get out of that house. So to mock this, this guy called Jared Raybell decided to tweet out the following, quote, I boarded a plane today with my son and mid-flight, the pilot announced that the mask mandate is over. Flight attendants pulled off their masks and sneezed directly into their hands while screaming, this is MAGA airspace. My son turned to me in tears. I don't know what to do. That's clearly mocking liberals on just about every level, including the Jussie Smollett level of this MAGA airspace. It's funny stuff. Liberals have no sense of humor. They will believe anything, no matter how stupid or absurd, because, well, as long provided it, uh, it is a smear on conservatives, then they'll believe it. They'll believe it right now. You call them up and say, Donald Trump, every Tuesday night, roots through my garbage and steals all of the banana peels. And somebody will write that up. It'll be the headline in the Washington Post. Somebody called Victoria Kim, who is a reporter over at the New York Times, then sent a direct message to Jared Raybell. <clears throat> he posted the exchange. He says, I just got a message from a New York Times journalist about my previous tweet. This is what happened. She says, Victoria Kim says, hi, Jared. I'm a New York Times journalist. I'd love to speak to you over the phone about what happened on your flight this evening. Can you please give me a call at, and he blocked out the phone number, or let me know how I can reach you. Hope this isn't coming too late in your day. Thank you. Look forward to hearing from you. <clears throat> now, again, this is the story of somebody, a flight attendant sneezing directly into their hands while screaming, this is MAGA airspace. After the mask mandate was listed. So he wrote back, <clears throat> hello, Victoria. I would love to discuss the incident at your earliest convenience. I was pretty upset about the whole thing. Unfortunately, it's satire that only someone at the New York Times would believe. <laughs> they, they are so ready to believe anything and everything that is, no matter how stupid it is, if they think it can be weaponized against the right. That's simple. That simple. Now, it was announced yesterday. The first airlines, apparently, that uh, went maskless after the court ruling was Alaska Air. Alaska Air did it. They announced it. And another reporter at the New York Times, because the New York Times is absolutely worthless. It's just it's lousy with people 
who are dumb. Quite frankly, you think, well, the New York Times, the best and the brightest. That's what all journalists aspire. No, it's really dumb people. But then, I mean, that that might be the best and brightest of journalists, which isn't saying a whole hell of a lot. Maggie Astor, she covers climate for the New York Times. It lets you know exactly where these people are coming from. She's covering climate change. I'm sure her liberal sensibilities never make their way into that. She used to cover politics, covid and other things. She also says uh, she always loves cat photos and gymnastics. And her uh, pronouns are she, her. <laughs> I think, is that a cat in the picture? Yeah, she's got a picture of herself with a cat. That's her profile photo. She is going to be a cat lady. She is, I'm going to go ahead and just predict that she is going to, uh, she's going to have to be concerned with toxoplasmosis. She's going to have so many cats in her house. I'm just, just saying, it's not, I'm not a wishing it on her or anything like that, but let's just be honest. Nobody's going to marry her. That's what I'm saying. She tweeted out a guy who said, you know, who quoted or whatever the uh, mask mandate was lifted from Alaska Air. And she says, quote, I can't stop thinking about people who may have chosen to book a flight and board to book and board this flight based on a personal risk assessment that involved everyone being masked and then mid flight and mid flight is all in caps. So, you know, she's totally for serious when it was physically impossible to leave that element of their risk assessment was upended. I can't stop thinking. You can't stop thinking about these people. You lose sleep last night, Maggie over these because I was really quickly, easily able to stop thinking about those people. If masks work, those people have nothing to fear. They are allowed to wear those masks at home, in the swimming pool, wherever the hell they want. But the fact that somebody else is exercising their right not to, that's just a bridge too far. That is unbelievable. How dare they? How dare they put your mask back on, wrap your head in an ace bandage. It doesn't matter how many times it's pointed out that this stuff doesn't work. It doesn't matter how many times it's pointed out that this is just for show. They simply don't care. And there is tweet after tweet after tweet of left wing lunatics out there expressing absolute outrage outrage that people were taking their masks off, that this was done by a judge and not by the Senate. Well, it wasn't done by the Senate. It originally wasn't done by the Senate. So, you know, that's kind. there's no piece of legislation to undo this specific thing. Jeffrey Tubin, the pantsless wonder, the guy who got caught uh, fondling himself on a corporate Zoom call, still a CNN legal analyst because... I don't know, maybe he threatened to sue CNN for something or other, and that's why he was able to keep his job. He tweeted out the decision by the young Trump-appointed federal judge ending the mask mandate in travel shows the federal judiciary has turned into the Senate. Democratic and Republican judges live in different worlds and rule differently. Welcome to the party, pal. One is interested in what the law says and he doesn't really care what you or anybody may think is right or proper. That's what the law, you want to change something, change the law and then you'll win. The left simply wants to impose their will because they want it, because they want it. Nate Silver over there at the uh, 538 blog responded with uh, reminding good old uh, the Tubin snake 
that uh, the Senate voted 57 to 40 to repeal the mask mandate in travel. To which Jeffrey Tubin, who just said, well, the, now the judiciary is just like the Senate. Jeffrey Tubin responded, a symbolic vote by the Senate is irrelevant to the question of whether the CDC has legal authority to impose the mandate. Which is not anywhere in Tubin's original tweet, nowhere in Tubin's follow-up tweet. He doesn't try to justify the or legally explain the mask mandate, where the power came from. He doesn't bother with those sorts of things. He's... It's probably really difficult to carry on a Twitter fight when you're really only typing with one hand anyway. So, I mean, what are you going to do? But you've got to love these leftist freakouts. Mid-flight. Mid-flight, they got rid of it. So what? So what? Mid-flight, they got rid of it. If masks work, wear your mask. Problem solved. If you're vaccinated, problem solved twice, right? Yet, weirdly, all of these people continue to get COVID who are wearing masks, who are obedient as the most well-trained service dog and have had more shots in them than a junkie. Why do you think that is? How could that possibly be? The world may never know. But don't worry, they're going to make sure that, you know, you don't have... uh, misinformation spread to you. They're going to look out for you. These are the people who can't figure this one out, who insist that they are the keepers of truth, that they are the people who will protect you from mis- and disinformation, the people who are caught lying. It's like O.J. Simpson trying to protect you know, women. That's highly unlikely. And, of course, you got all these champions. I want to I talk about this really briefly. It's off topic, but I... It's fitting when, uh, and I enjoy it when somebody on the left fails, especially one of their sacred cows. Although John Stewart failing isn't really news, it's a little known fact, but it's true that John Stewart was a failure as the host of The Daily Show. He was very good at getting media attention, he was not good at attracting an audience. Now, granted, he's attracting more of an audience than he's getting now on Apple TV. But he was uh, he was routinely beaten by HGTV and he was easily beaten by 10 year old reruns of Family Guy on the Cartoon Network, which were up against him at the time at the 11 o'clock or 11, whenever the hell daily. I never really watched the Daily Show, but uh, he was a media darling, just like. Just like, uh, what was that show? I loved the show 30 Rock. It was a brilliant show. God, it was one of the funny. If you ever have the time, watch a 30 Rock marathon. or find, it's, I'm sure it's on some streaming service. You can watch it. I know somebody's feverishly typing in. It's on Hulu or whatever. You can find it. I'll, I trust you to be able to find it on your own. But it's a damn funny show. But it was wildly unpopular. They're not... It went on six or seven seasons, and it was, uh, but it never made or rarely ever made the top 100. The top 100. But if you lived in the time of 30 Rock, which I did, you would have seen Tina Fey's face all over magazine covers. Oh, there are profiles of her, of, of, Cast members, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin was absolutely, he hadn't murdered anybody at the time or shot any. Sorry, 
accidentally discharged a weapon towards somebody who didn't know murder is a legal term. <clears throat> Hadn't killed anybody. He was absolutely brilliant in that series. Everybody was perfectly... I just... It, there are few better TV shows. There are better TV shows, but few better, particularly comedies. But it was all over the media. My God, they loved that show. The left-wing media loved that show because Tina Fey was their darling. She had written Mean Girls, which is a really bad movie, but the left loved it. And so they, they have been hyping that ever since. And they, they covered it like it was the cure for cancer. They covered Jon Stewart like he was the cure for cancer when he wasn't even the cure for beating 10-year-old reruns of Family Guy. On the cartoon, a new show, unlimited budget, all the free publicity anybody could ever want. And he lost to reruns of cartoons. Well, he's back. He's back on Apple+. Plus. Apple TV Plus, I guess I should say. New York Post. Jon Stewart is struggling to gain traction with his new talk show, according to a report. The problem with Jon Stewart, which launched on Apple TV Plus in September, appears to be a flop, as it trails far behind competitors for broadcast and cable TV, according to Bloomberg. The show's first episode was seen by just 180,000 U.S. homes in the first week it debuted last fall, measurement firm Samba TV said. That number dropped by 78% to 40,000 by its fifth episode, which aired in early March. Five episodes in. First of all, if you're taking like a month to do an episode, you're doing it wrong. And you're overthinking it. It's an interview conversation show. But the left doesn't want to leave anything to chance. They're horrible, horrible people. Stewart's comic rival, John Oliver, meanwhile, pulled in viewership of 844,000 in U.S. homes for a March episode of his HBO show Last Week Tonight, which is still wildly unsuccessful in the grand scheme of things. But in these sorts of shows, it's way more. Stewart declined to comment, but on the air, he has made his thoughts uh, clear about the numbers. Quote, thank you for watching, but my guess is you didn't. He said at the end of one of the premiere episodes, I show, quote, you're probably just going to look at aggregate clips of it somewhere on YouTube and you, where you pirate Ted Lasso. You don't even know how to get Apple TV, do you? <laughs> I actually have Apple TV because Ted Lasso is probably the, it's not, a, I guess it's, you have to watch it on television. Probably the best comedy going on out there right now. But uh, yeah, couldn't happen to nicer people. John Stewart is a fraud, is a left-wing uh, activist, and even left-wingers who love Apple, and then they hate Apple. They love Apple, and then they hate Apple. They love Apple right now because they hate Elon Musk. They love Elon, they'll love Elon Musk at some point in the future over something else he does. They're the most fickle group of uh, abusive boy, well, boyfriends, partners. Life, I'll use their terminology, life partners. You could ever get. If you displease them, they will leave you. And then they'll come back to you when you please them again. Port, John Stewart is the pioneer in this, so he deserves it. I always say Frankenstein's monster always returns to the castle to burn it down. John Stewart is a prime example of just that. This story is rather disturbing. Al Jazeera is reporting, and it's just the headline. Desperate Afghans sell kidney amid poverty, starvation. This is what happens when you leave a country to be run by illiterate terrorists. You know, that's just what happens. 
Jobless, debt-ridden, and struggling to feed his children, Noor Din felt he had no choice but to sell a kidney. One of a growing number of Afghans willing to sacrifice an organ to save their families. And it goes through the, I'm not going to give you the going rate of a kidney, you don't need to know, but if you just know the history of, recent history, since Joe Biden's abandoning of it. And I was in favor of leaving Afghanistan, but not the way we did. Joe Biden gave the store to the terrorists. Joe Biden caused this. Uh, they were selling young girls into marriage. Remember, the, I played you the audio. CNN filmed a transaction. CNN couldn't come up with a couple grand to buy the girl and stop it. Stop it. Nope, they didn't. That would be interference. And you sit there and you go, why isn't this? This is Al Jazeera. Why isn't this getting reported elsewhere? It's because it makes Joe Biden look bad. If it ever does get widely known in this country, the Biden administration will try to spin it as saying, look, we're solving the organ donor problem. They're really just gross people. They really are. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, which is in no way nice at all. Now I want to move from masks to the masquerade that is uh, this White House. Did you see how I did that? That's how, that's how professionals do this stuff. They, uh, Peter Ducey, who Ginger Goebbels affectionately referred to as a stupid SOB, just the other day, I wonder if she's apologized to Peter Ducey. I doubt it. I doubt it. She won't apologize to the Border Patrol agents that she lied about from the podium at the White House. Why would she apologize to Peter Ducey? Actually, if she apologized to Peter Ducey, it might even be a, a provision in her contract with MSNBC that she can't apologize to Peter Ducey. That would be like the, uh, the morals clause. Liberals don't like morals clauses anymore, so they'd get, just wipe out the morals clause and say, if you ever apologize to Peter Ducey and or really any anybody, any non-liberal, this deal is null and void. <laughs> Would you be surprised? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Anyway, uh, Peter Ducey did ask Ginger Goebbels about the border situation. The border is never really stopped being news. It simply stopped being covered by the news. There's a big difference. It became inconvenient to Democrats, so they stopped talking about it. They talked about it it's weird. They talked about the border crossing more during the Trump administration than they have in the Biden administration. When there was like one tenth the number of illegal aliens crossing the border, they spent more time talking about it. Why? Because Donald Trump was a meanie bumbalini and just a racist stopping these sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens from marching across the border and violating our sovereignty. And that was beyond the pale to these leftists, period, end of story. Joe Biden has opened the floodgates. We're in the midst of a pandemic. God knows what other diseases that we'd eradicated in this country are coming across the border already. And they, they can't find any story in it. They don't care. They covered it sort of for a little while. And then Kamala Harris went down there and she did such a horrible job that they said, oh, my God. All right. We, we, we can't polish this turd. We've got to just ignore it. Let's move on. And that's what they've done. That's exactly what they've done. Well, there is still news at the southern border. Every month they're setting records for new numbers of illegal aliens piling across the country. The Biden administration, 
meaning us taxpayers, are buying all these illegal aliens' smartphones and giving them to them, saying, uh, yeah, now go to wherever you're going. Good luck. And here's a travel voucher. Don't worry about that. It's meals and all this stuff. Don't worry. We don't want to know your vaccine status. That would be an invasion of your privacy. Americans, yeah, screw them. But we wouldn't want to uh, invade the privacy of the people we're hoping to become new Americans. Uh, we don't hold you in contempt the way we do actual Americans. They uh, they get to just go off with this smartphone and the pinky swear promise that when they get to wherever they're going, they will use that phone and the alleged pre-programmed phone number in it to call ICE and say, please give me a court date so that I might be able to adjudicate whether or not I can stay at some point in the next two to three years. Now, that sounds stupid to you. It's because it's stupid. They don't call. They don't show up. Maybe somewhere in the neighborhood, the high end estimate is about 20 percent of illegal aliens call. The vast majority do not call because they recognize the fact. And you see this interviewed all the time. Whenever if Fox is the only one down there, they're interviewing these illegal aliens. I'm from Guatemala. What do you come here? I really want to get a job. I want to get a better economic. That's not that is not justification for an asylum claim. Legally speaking, even uh, the late Darth Vader Ginsburg wouldn't be able to spin that one. A centrifuge wouldn't be able to spin that pile of garbage into some sort of justification for their feared for their life. No, they just want a better life for themselves. I don't blame them for wanting a better life for themselves. I simply don't care. From a legal perspective, somebody comes climbing in your window to steal your television and your jewels because they just want a better life for their family. Are you going to say, well, all right, why didn't you say so? Here you go. Let me write you a check. I'll, I won't be able to spell your name, so I'll just make it out to cash, okay? There you go. Take it to any bank and you'll be good. No, you wouldn't. Now, if somebody comes to your door and asks for help, that might be a different story. If somebody enters the country legally, which is pretty damn easy to do, takes a while now, but it's still pretty easy to do, then welcome aboard. But you don't get to be a stowaway and have a first-class cabin. That's not how the world works. Moreover, as Peter Ducey points out in this clip we're about to hear, Two dozen people on the terror watch list have been caught sneaking across the southern border. Why? Because if you're a terrorist trying to enter the United States, which way do you think it would be easier to get into? What do you, where do you think your odds are increased trying to enter the country? Through LaGuardia or through uh, Tijuana? through any part in the middle of, of uh, Texas or in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico or Arizona. Of course, the southern border is wide open. There are piles and piles and piles of identification cards on the Mexican side of the border as the illegals ditch them all as they come into the country so that they can claim anything, claim they are anybody. We're still catching an alarming number of them through their fingerprints, which they can't change. They'll soon start burning them off, I guarantee it. But right now they haven't started burning them off yet. 
And we're discovering that there are a whole bunch of people who have already been previously deported from this country who also have criminal records, rape, child molestation, things like that, things that the Democrats don't seem to have a big problem with anymore. It's very bizarre. The party of women don't seem to care that much about you know sexual assaults on women and girls when it comes to the illegal aliens. A college campus, just the allegation will cause them to ruin somebody's life. Even when it's proven to be a fraud after a while, they'll still happily try to ruin somebody's life. But some illegal alien, eh, everybody makes mistakes. What are you going to do? So you sit there and you go, what the hell are people on the terror watch list doing sneaking across the southern border? Now, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon or a brain scientist to figure out what is actually going on, why those people might want to enter the United States of America. But Ginger Goebbels can't seem to figure it out. She doesn't seem at all concerned, as a matter of fact, about it. She says, well, the number of terrorists being caught at the southern border, being an all-time high, by the way, is a sign that, boy, howdy, the Biden administration is doing their job through, through, the, uh, through customs and border enforcement. The exchange is so ridiculously stupid. You've got to hear it to believe it. Okay, on a different topic, we have new reporting that at least 23 people apprehended at the southern border in 2021 are on the terror watch list. Why do you guys think it is that somebody on a terror watch list would want to get into the United States undetected? Well, I, I can't make an assessment of that. But what I can tell you is that your data you're citing here means the Border Patrol was doing their job. I mean, so, they, so they apprehended people at the border. Why do you think it is that terrorists would want to get into the country? Well, who knows? You know, maybe there's a new broad. Maybe they want to see Hamilton. I think it's probably Book of Mormon, I suppose, is still wildly popular. They might just want to come in because they've given up their terrorist ways and they want to become a rancher in one of the Dakotas. That would be my best guess. No, it's, it's probably because it's much easier to get into the country through the southern border than it is... Coming through LaGuardia with your real name, you wouldn't get through with a fake passport. You might be discovered. I'd imagine that even, you know, even the people working customs could spot a fake passport or enter the name information. And it'd be a problem. Passports are kind of difficult to fake if you're a terrorist organization. Not so easy, not so difficult to fake if you're a government. But still, you get the idea. So if they wanted to get in here to kill Americans, the easiest, most efficient way to do it would be through the southern border. Now, Peter Ducey then says, well, if you caught 23 of them, how many are you like, what do you mean? You're like, we caught 23 of them. That's a record. That's a record because they recognize that the southern border is wide open. There's thousands of people every single day. I think he says the number is 2,000. The number is actually 8,000. I think seven or eight thousand of people who get away every single day, meaning people who are caught on camera coming across the border. But there simply isn't the uh, the Border Patrol agents to go and track them down to catch them. So they go, well, there goes one. Nobody. Anybody over? There? Nope. Nobody's within 100 miles of there. Never going to get that guy. How many of those people are on the terror watch list? Ginger Goebbels doesn't know doesn't care, doesn't even think it's doesn't even won't even entertain the prospect because the prospect, the truth generally is wildly inconvenient to Democrats. 2000 illegal immigrants a day got away last month. Are you saying that you can say with certainty none of them are 
on a terror watch list. Here's what we're talking about, encounters we know and of a suspected terrorist attempting to cross the southern border. They're very uncommon. Uh, we're talking about a few dozen annual encounters at most, at most, uh, and these encounters represent significantly less than the 0.01% of total encounters per fiscal year in recent years. But I'd note, these individuals, these 23 people, the Border Patrol, they stopped them. They prevented them from getting into the country. They're protecting our homeland and keeping us safe. Yeah, see, they prevented, there's no way, there's no way that Al-Qaeda or ISIS or Hamas or even just some lone random lunatic, there's no way that a 24th person would come in. The, the, uh, one of the tenets of terrorism is that uh, you, thou shall not try to send in 24 or more terrorists into a country in any given calendar year. So we're safe. We got it covered. Can you imagine thinking that way? Imagine thinking that way. <laughs> it, it is to the point of absurdity, but this is where the left lives. This is who they are. This is what they've become. This is what they're reduced to, to try to polish the turd that is their record. When I joked earlier about, well, the Biden administration will come in and say that they've actually uh, helped put a dent in the organ donor problem, the organ shortage problem in this country because Afghans are selling their kidneys in order to be able to survive economically. I was only partially joking. That's exactly kind of the logic that we're dealing with here, if you can call it logic. It's the mentality we're dealing with here. That's for damn sure. Now I want to, well, there's another question Ducey went around to. There's the report that the, uh, Border Patrol agent, remember, the Border Patrol agents, they're whipping these sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal, they're whipping these sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal aliens, these Border Patrol, how those meanie Border Patrol agents, how dare they do such a thing? Joe Biden swore vengeance upon them. I shall rain down upon thee. I will destroy them. You've turned into He-Man. I am the power. Ginger Goebbels did the same thing. She's out there. This is a disgusting display. It's, uh, all the liberal Democrats, this is just like slavery. They're whipping these sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal aliens. And they weren't whipping anybody. They were controlling their horses. But the narrative had taken hold, and the stupid people are in charge, so the narrative always wins. No matter what the reality is, no matter where the facts lie, no matter where the truth goes, the stupidity always wins when you've got stupid people in charge. And so that was the story. The president of the United States had denounced these Border Patrol agents. As a denounced these Border Patrol agents. How dare they? Implied they're racist. Now, those guys had to go home that night, knowing full well that they'd done their jobs. And actually, they had prevented, thanks to the way they were controlling their horses, they had prevented any of these sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens from being trampled to death by those horses as they were making a, a rush into our country. God, they're just gross people, these Democrats. Well, the investigation took more than a year, and it cleared them. Why it took more than a year, we don't know. They probably took more than a year so that there would be enough time between the allegations and the president whining and Ginger Goebbels whining and all, Maxine Waters whining, all of them whining, going, oh, horrible racism. They needed enough time between then and now for them to go, all right, when people have maybe forgotten about this, we can just move on. But we didn't forget. 
We didn't forget. When bad people do things, we remember. The uh, the mascot of the Republican Party is an elephant for a reason. You know, the elephant's memory. The mascot for the Democratic Party is a jackass for a reason, too. So yesterday, Peter Ducey asked Ginger Goebbels about this, now that these officers have been cleared. Maybe it might be nice for the president of the United States to, I don't know, apologize. Because he didn't just say it's horrible and we'll get to the bottom of it. It looks bad. It said it was bad. He said they were bad. Ginger Goebbels didn't say, boy, howdy, it sure looks awful from the videos that I've seen in the still photos, but I'm going to reserve judgment. No, it was bad. They were bad. They had to be punished. They were going. The president of the United States promised they were going to be punished. He promised they were going to be punished. Not that they were going to be investigated, that they were going to be punished. He had already determined they were guilty. So Ducey brings this up and Ginger Goebbels, being the monster that she is, has no interest whatsoever in apologizing for any. You know what? You're just chum in the wake of the Democrat machine that your life has been damaged in any way, shape or I don't care. It was for the greater good. Now shut up and learn your place. One additional question about uh, something that happened a few months ago down at the border. We've been told that the mounted border patrol officers, the president accused of whipping migrants, have been notified they will not face criminal charges. So when is the president going to apologize to them? Uh, there is a process and an investigation that's gone through the Department of Homeland Security. I don't have any update on that. The president said that they were whipping people, which would be a criminal offense, and they've been told they're not going to be criminally charged. And there was an investigation into that, and I'll let the Department of Homeland Security announce any conclusion of that investigation. You accuse these officers of brutal and inappropriate measures now that they've been told they will not be criminally charged. Will you apologize? And, Peter, there was an investigation into their behavior. So that investigation is playing out. Whenever it's going to be announced, the Department of Homeland Security will announce that, and I'm sure we'll have a comment on it after that. Great. Oh, yeah, no, there was an investigation. I don't know, man. What are you going to do? What are they? All right. So she's trying to say that there was an investigation and that justifies their pronouncements of guilt, which is very Soviet of them. Well, they wouldn't have investigated them if they weren't guilty of something, right? That's not the way it works in this country. At least it's not the way it's supposed to work in this country. It's the way it worked in the old Soviet Union. But still, if she's going to do that, then um, they're investigating the hell out of Hunter Biden. They're investigating the hell out of all of his money. What does that say? Does that mean that Hunter Biden is guilty? Does that mean? Well, no, we couldn't comment on that either. OK, you won't comment. It's weird. They used to comment on Hunter Biden during the campaign. Ginger Goebbels was all over the place saying, oh, this is a, he's a private citizen. But, you know, uh, it's Russian disinformation. This this laptop, it's garbage. Now she won't talk about it. They were quick to denounce these Border Patrol agents, but now they won't talk about it. Raging, raging, flaming hypocrites. They're really gross people. They really, really are. I want to talk about this article in the Washington Post now by one of the worst human beings out there, a creature named Taylor Lorenz. I don't want to, I don't want to give her the satisfaction of being considered human. Because I really don't think human beings would act this way, at least not decent human beings. And so she, it is a creature. She's, uh, she's in her late 30s, early 40s, I think. I don't know. She's wildly unattractive. And I suppose that sort of feeds a lot of her uh, 
anger toward people. She also um, she also is a, one of those rich kids that their life is devoid of meaning. You know, she grew up and she went to uh, what do you call it? Uh, Boarding school in Switzerland. You know, you know, like everybody else did middle class upbringing, (laughs) hard scramble. No, she's a rich kid and she has no her parents probably didn't love her very much. And can you can you blame them? Honestly, she's just a bad person. So now she spends her time tracking people down online who want to be anonymous and reaching out to children of famous people and exposing them because she's an awful, awful person. She's the type of person who eventually when she, uh, I don't know, I assume she's probably going to do drugs or get, she's gonna, something bad's going to happen to her. And you're going to sit there and you go, yeah, that makes sense. Because she's a bad person who deliberately tries to hurt people. Most of the time it's children. Pam Geller. Pam Geller is controversial because she writes about and covers terrorism, Islamic terrorism. And therefore, she's problematic. Taylor Lorenz tracked down her her children, her young children, who had an online presence. They'd changed their name. They'd gone on with their lives. They they you know, their mother is their mother and constantly getting harassed. But they didn't want to face the harassment, the threats, and everything. Taylor Lorenz tracked them down, exposed their Instagram. Just just a bad person. She tracked down and befriended. The child, the daughter of uh, Kellyanne Conway, because she worked for Donald Trump. Taylor Lorenz is a big time leftist. She tracked down Kellyanne Conway's teenage daughter. She's 15 years old, I think, at the time, maybe even just 14. Started sending her direct messages, started engaging with her. Now, do you think a 14 year old really understands what's going on? And this is on the record versus off the record and blah, blah, blah. Probably not. Probably not. But Taylor Lorenz wrote it up anyway because she has no ethical standards. She is a bad person to whom bad things are deserved to happen. Well, now she's gone after libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok, the anonymous Twitter account that does one thing and one thing only. It takes TikTok posts by weirdo leftists and sends them out on Twitter. Doesn't edit them, doesn't really add commentary, certainly doesn't alter the videos in any way, shape or form. These are things that these mutants and make no mistake, they are mutants. These are the things these mutants put out on social media for all the world to see on their own. They did it all to themselves. All it's like somebody sitting there having an argument with a mailbox and somebody comes along and puts a megaphone in front of the person's mouth. All you did was amplify what that person was doing. These mutants on social media on TikTok don't have a very large audience in most cases. Libs of TikTok does on Twitter. So the libs of TikTok account takes the video that maybe had seen a couple hundred or a couple thousand people and spreads it around to the 676,000 followers the account has on Twitter. Well, the problem is there's a lot of homosexuals out there on TikTok who feel the need to tell the world 
all about their lives and their gender journey and blah, blah. It is, it's a desperate cry for help is what's really going on. It is people, pathetic people who need external validation for their existence. If you're gay, be gay. I couldn't care less. Congratulations. I wish you a happy life. But if you are desperately in need of validation and acceptance and cheering from me or anybody else. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to give it to you. I won't condemn you for who you are. And I won't celebrate you for who you are, for what you are. And just like Katanji Brown Jackson, I was going to attack her because she's a black woman, but I'm also not going to celebrate her because she's a black woman. I didn't care. It wasn't a factor in whether or not I thought she should be on the Supreme Court. Period. End of story. Well, these weirdos on social media, on TikTok, and there are, there are millions of people, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people around the world who are posting these videos. A disproportionate number of them seemingly were teachers and a disproportionate number of them were seemingly um, drag queen teachers or wearing makeup teachers who taught kindergartners who would go on and confess about how they love talking to your children about their sex lives and how they love playing pronoun games with kids. Five-year-old saying, oh, no, you don't have to have your pronoun as he, him. You be they, them, or you be she, her today. And they would play these little games, the subtle indoctrination of it, things that if you caught an adult doing to your child in a public setting, you'd probably smack them upside the head. You'd probably punch them, break their jaw. I know I would. But this is these people gleefully telling the world what they're doing. Teacher after teacher after teacher having mental breakdowns. Going, oh, I, if I'm not able to talk about my, with, with my kid, they're not your kids. Uh, you're not going to have kids. Probably. Hopefully you won't have kids, but they're not your kids. They are your students. There's a difference. Somewhere along the line, that difference got blurred. That difference got perverted. They've molested the reality of it. And now they're, they're my kids. They're my kids for eight hours a day. No, they're not. You want to pay one third of the cost of taking care of them? Then we can maybe talk about it. But otherwise, they're not your kids. All right. Tell you, it'll be a hell of a lot more than your pathetic little salary. I don't think you'd want to cut into your makeup budget to make sure that other people's kids eat. You weirdo. Just to, I want to demonstrate what kind of weirdos I'm dealing with here. There is uh, somebody been posting a lot of, I don't know what the hell he considers himself, but he's got a beard, he wears a dress, wears a ton of makeup, and is a teacher because, of course, it's a teacher. His latest video put out by Libs of TikTok is about how the concept, the very concept of gender is, it's not a real concept. It is about control and it is dangerous. Now, this person would, I'm sure, absolutely is clutching their pearls about the mask mandate on planes being lifted, but he's very concerned about control in other ways, like the idea that there are men and women. And so he decided that the world needed to know this. And all Libs of TikTok did was make sure that the world didn't miss it. Here is Madison Cawthorn's definition of a woman. X chromosomes, no tallywhacker. 
And this gives me a chance to talk about biological essentialism. <laughs> um, first of all, it's not true. People have all kinds of chromosomes and all kinds of bodies. Women who've had hysterectomies, people born with certain conditions, but that's almost immaterial. Number two, it is a system of oppression. Gender is a hierarchy and a system of oppression. And the easier it is to define gender, the easier it is to keep the oppression going. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Now picture bright red lipstick, uh, a beard, short buzz cut kind of hair, dress, hairy chest with a scoop neck collar and you think my god this is the killer from silence of the lambs and you're not that far off you're not that far off but uh the killer in silence of the lambs i think had better taste in music or at least a better soundtrack but this is the sort of things that libs of tiktok has been exposing not even exposing. It's not like these are private accounts that lives of TikTok is secretly befriending and then getting their information and then posting it for the world to see. That's what Taylor Lorenz has done. That's her brand of journalism, DMs to children and so forth. So today, the Washington Post ran a piece about how we're discovering that we've exposed who the libs of TikTok is. And meet the woman behind libs of TikTok, secretly fueling the rights outrage machine. And in it, she writes, the popularity of libs of TikTok comes at a time when far right communities across the Internet have begun doxing school officials and calling for their execution. That's not true at all. And one has nothing to do with the other. Parents of LGBTQ plus youths have been driven out of their towns. Where? Local school board members have reported death threats. Who cares? <laughs> it's part of the job, okay? Welcome to the party. By the way, Taylor Lorenz went to this person's house, went to this person's family member's house, tracked them down demanded answers from family members. You know that your family member is taking things that other people have made public and making it more public. Taylor Lorenz tweeted today, quote, lots of conversations about the harm of covering a powerful online figure, but not much about the harm done to the average LGBTQ plus people. The account seeks to drive out of schools and public life. I hope people read this whole story and understand this account's impact. She can't understand normal things, Taylor. You can go ahead and figure that one out. But she, um, the, Driving them from public, exposing these. These are things that people have put out there for themselves. They have put out there for themselves. I'm a school teacher. I'm a school teacher at this district. I'm a school teacher at this district in Florida. And I will not uh, follow the law when it comes to talking to children about my sex life. Well, you're going to willingly break the law and you're going to announce to the world that you're going to break the law. Well, well that's there are consequences to that. But Taylor Lorenz, this rich kid whose parents didn't love her enough or man, I would say they beat her too much, but there's no way she wasn't. She was beat enough. They sent her away to school in Switzerland. You don't really want your you don't really enjoy your kid if you're willing to pay a ton of money to get them out of the hemisphere with you. Right. 
just get this thing away from me, is an awful, awful person. And just three weeks ago, she took part in an NBC News video interview about people being mean to women online. By the way, the libs of TikTok, the proprietor of libs of TikTok is a woman. Taylor Lorenz is a fraud. Uh, the children of Pamela Geller were girls. The ch child of Kellyanne Conway was a girl. Taylor Lorenz doesn't give a damn about women. But she loves crying crocodile tears. Listen to her lose whatever little bit of feces she has left while it's fake. It's fake. But while talking to NBC News, oh, she's upset that people find out information about her and then they exploit it online. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the Internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating and terrifying. It's horrifying. I'm so sorry. It's, fine. it's sorry. overwhelming. It's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> now, the woman behind the libs of TikTok apparently lives in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a bastion of left-wing hatred. How do you think she's doing today? She had to leave her house last night. Yeah, she had to go someplace else in an undisclosed location. Does Taylor Lorenz care about that? No, because she's anti-LGBTQ+. How is she anti-LGBTQ+. These weirdos are posting these things publicly for the whole world to see. It doesn't matter. She's showing the whole world what... The yeah. Every bad thing that happens to Taylor Lorenz is absolutely 100% earned. She deserves it. She is not loved by her parents. She is clearly not. She, by the way, is uh, she was with The New York Times for a while because, of course, she was. Now she's with The Washington Post. And when she left The, Wash or the New York Times, there were many journalists, including Maggie Haberman, who were gleeful that this barnacle, this parasite, this infestation, this this piece of heartworm left the New York Times. Jeff Bezos doesn't give a damn about it. I do say it's kind of interesting that uh, she is now supposedly a columnist at the Washington Post, but she is referred to as a so-called investigative journalist. She's just a really horrible person. And there are lots of people saying really nasty things about her on Twitter today and making threats against her and doing all of these things. And if they run into her on the street, there are people who would scream at her, who would yell at her, or chase her out of restaurants. And to them, I just have to say nothing. I would say that if you don't like your own medicine, don't force it on other people. Bad things happen to good people all the time. If bad things start happening to bad people occasionally, that's just karma. That's just karma. And you know what they say karma is? Karma is a Taylor Lorenz. Why don't shift gears from one horrible person to another? Taylor Lorenz. Maybe she, maybe she won't die alone. Maybe she can marry Malcolm Nance. You know who Malcolm Nance is? He's one of the, uh, the racists over at MSNBC. He really is. <laughs> just funny to watch this and watch the left just eviscerate themselves. Anyway, he was a, uh, a linguist in the Navy for some reason. Let's see, according to his, um, his 
Wikipedia page. Malcolm Wrightston Nance, born September 20th, 1961, American author and media pundit on terrorism, intelligence, insurgency, and torture. He's a former United States Navy chief petty officer specializing in naval cryptology. Okay, naval crypt, I don't know. Maybe there are naval cryptologists who uh, get knee deep in the in the feces or something, but I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, Malcolm Nance appeared on MSNBC last night on Joy Reid's show, uh, where he usually appears because he's always going to blame Whitey, and she always her show might as well be called Blame Whitey for everything. And uh, Malcolm Nance is now over in Ukraine. Malcolm Nance has gone allegedly over to Ukraine to fight, to fight Russia. Now, what's weird here is he's wearing an American military uniform, including displaying the colors of the United States of America, the American flag boldly on his chest in his combat fatigues, in his camo. But then above that, he has the Ukrainian flag, which just seems a little... First of all, you shouldn't be wearing... You're not a member of the U.S. military. You were at one point, but apparently retired in 2001 or whatever. Whatever it was. You're, you're done. You're out. Therefore, you uh, what you do after that, you're no longer representing the United States military. But... He's wearing a military uniform. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's Ukrainian provided uniform, but he's wearing an American flag on it. And his name, it sure looks like a U.S. military uniform. And he's somewhere in the woods of Ukraine. Yet he's able to get a pretty damn good camera sig signal and sound quality, which makes me wonder whether or not he, like where he is, how close he is to the action. I'm going to play a clip of you for this. And I'm, look, if he wants to go and fight, I'll say this much for him. He's a hell of a lot better than a lot of the other leftists out there who have been advocating for war, advocating for war, desperately advocating for war, and then uh, don't do anything about it. And it's kind of funny because there were a couple of people, uh, former military people, alleged former military people, out there saying, oh, Malcolm Nance is putting his money where his mouth is. He's now doing more than all the chicken hawk Republicans in the world, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, um, why why aren't you over there? When's your flight? What time do you take off? And they, they don't care. Anyway, I don't know that he's actually there. We've All we've got to go on is his uh, his word. But I find it odd that he's got a an HD camera and a really good satellite signal to be able to beam back to Joy Reid in studio in New York to talk about how he just had enough and decided he had to go and do something. It's bizarre. Well, as you know, I spent quite a bit of time here in the pre-war period. And when the invasion happened, I had friends who were in Donetsk, who were in the Ukrainian army, who were writing to us and telling us, we're not going to survive tonight. We've been hit 500 times. Uh, you know, these are graduates at Defense Language Institute. These were my friends. And, you know, as the more I saw of the war going on, the more I thought, I'm done talking. All right. It's time to take action here. So uh, about a month ago, I joined the International uh, Legion here in Ukraine, and I am here to help this country 
fight, you know, what essentially is a war uh, of, of, its, of ex extermination. This is an existential war, and Russia has bought it to these people, and they are mass murdering civilians. And there are people here like me who are here to do something about it. Okay, good for him. He shouldn't be wearing an American flag. There shouldn't be any indication that uh, he's there. There shouldn't even be the, the slight implication that he's there on behalf of the United States military because he's not, not remotely there representing the U.S. military. But um, this has been widely celebrated by leftists on Twitter. Leftists on David Weissman, who is a, lists himself, he's got a, almost a half a million followers, U.S. Army vet, American Jew, former Republican, former Trump supporter, and proud liberal Dem, opinion writer for Occupy Democrats. Okay, well, there you go. He tweets out, in a world full of Tucker Carlson's, Alec Jones's, and Roger Stone's, be a Malcolm Nance, with a picture of Malcolm Nance in his HD outfit. I don't know how, how do you get a, he's in the woods, how do you get an HD signal? How do you get a camera out there? I don't know. David Weissman didn't announce when his flight was. He did not announce when his flight was to go over there and fight in this. Again, I'll give him credit if he's actually over there. But I will say this. If he's taken hostage, because right now there are plenty of Brits. There's not plenty, but how many does it take? There are a couple of Brits who've done the same sort of thing. They've rushed over to Ukraine and they've been taken by the Russians. And now they're being used for propaganda by Putin. Because why wouldn't they be used by propaganda for Putin? Right now, one of Putin's close friends or whatever, some some oligarch, I don't know. seems like the bar to entry to be considered a Russian oligarch is pretty low. But he's been taken by the Ukrainians. And the Ukrainians are using him as Ukrainian propaganda. Saying, well, we'll, we'll trade him for this, that, and the Russians are not interested. The Russians, <laughs> Putin, they literally, they tried to do a prisoner swap with this guy, Putin's friend, alleged friend. And he said, we want to get these people back. We'll give you your friend back. And Putin's like, you can have my friend. I don't, what the hell do I care about? He's not really my friend. Forget him. Whatever money he's got, somebody in his family will take if you, you hold him forever or if he dies, or I'll just take all his money. What the hell? I don't need this guy. The same sort of thing. If Malcolm Nance wants to go over there and do some LARPing, some live action role playing in Ukraine and fight for Ukrainians, let him. But if he gets taken, it's not the government's responsibility. It's not our government. You're not over there representing our government. You're on your own. I do find it interesting that Malcolm Nance, who is very fast, very fast to cry racism, very fast to cry racism. Whenever Anybody who's on Joy Reid's show, you have to be fast. It's like a speed game. How, how quickly can you blame racism? for? Here's a, some, and This is a test in the green room. They say, here's a sandwich. Tell me how this sandwich is racist. If you can't do it without laughing, you won't get on the air. But if you can't do it without laughing, you will be considered a contributor and be given a contract at MSNBC. That's kind of how it works. So Malcolm Nance would go and fight and risk his life, theoretically, if he's there, for a bunch of white people strikes me as odd. Why There's plenty of wars around there that Malcolm Nance could have involved himself in if he really wanted to. But he didn't. He chose this one. Why? Because well, maybe it's more about publicity. 
unless we find out that, you know, I don't know. I'm skeptical of anybody who can get a good HD signal in the middle of a forest while talking to Joy Reid at night with bright lights on you in an alleged war zone. Like that sounds I'm no military tactician, but I would think that the bright floodlights needed to show up on television that he was using because he was there at night in the middle of the dark woods. I think that would draw attention to the enemy and maybe put a target on your back. Call me crazy. But again, I'm not a naval linguist. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's over there. Good for him if he is. But uh, I'm not going to celebrate it either way because I just don't care. <clears throat> they, uh, by the way, the president of the United States, uh, one Joseph Robinette Biden, at least uh, the president, of the, United, the fake president of the United States. They're trying to get him to go to Ukraine. It's kind of funny because he doesn't want to go. If Joe Biden wanted to go to Ukraine, he'd go to Ukraine. That's the thing about it. The president, the Secret Service said, well, we can't do that. It doesn't matter. If the president says, I don't give a damn, we're going to Ukraine, he's going to Ukraine. That's it. And the Secret Service has to find a way to to make it work. They don't really, there might be something like, if hey, could we go to Ukraine? We'd advise against it. All right. Yeah, that's what I thought. But if the president comes in and says, we're going, I don't give a damn, figure it out, because you think that Boris Johnson gets yet less security? They take his security less seriously than the Secret Service takes protecting Joe Biden, protecting any president of the United States. No, they don't. So if Joe Biden wanted to go, he's not going to. He could go. He doesn't want to go. They've got to send somebody high profile over there. Kamala sure as hell doesn't want to go. So somebody's going to be forced to go to Ukraine because too many other world leaders and too many members of Congress are going to Ukraine. And it's getting out today. These senators are going to Ukraine. And meanwhile, Joe Biden is running around being chased off of talking to people by the Easter Bunny because his staff doesn't want him talking to reporters. Still hasn't been since the Super Bowl since Joe Biden's had a sit down interview. Tells you something, doesn't it? But uh, he is out there talking to Barack Obama. Now, this is funny. A guy who can't give an interview, a guy who won't go to Ukraine, is apparently told Barack Obama that he's running for re-election, the Hill newspaper. President Biden has told former President Obama that he plans on running for re-election in 2024. Two sources tell the Hill. The admission to Obama is the latest indication that Biden is likely to run for a second term, something the president has spoken about publicly. During a press conference in Brussels last month, he told reporters he'd be very fortunate to run against his rival in the 2020 election, former President Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. The sources also said that Biden, despite his faltering approval ratings, remains the most likely Democratic candidate to defeat Donald Trump. This was a key part of Biden's salesmanship to voters as he sought support for the 2020 bid and a big reason primary voters rallied to him in South Carolina on Super Tuesday and the states where he sealed his status as the Democratic frontrunner. Now, who would leak this? Obama. Obama has never really liked Joe Biden. He's always kind of looked at Joe Biden as a goof, as kind of an embarrassment. 
He gave him assignments that, you know, the, the feel good, stay out of the media, not get much attention, things like nobody gave a damn about Ukraine back in the day. So they let Joe Biden kind of run around and do Joe Biden kind of things while the rest of the administration got about the business of liberal politics. Barack Obama famously is quoted as saying that nobody should ever underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up because he can. Joe Biden was the one who told the world that it was SEAL Team 6 that killed Osama bin Laden. It was classified up until that moment that our idiot vice president at the time blabbed it publicly. So that he would be told, see, because I think Joe Biden really believes that it that him and Barack were a team. That's his words. Me and Barack did this. Oh, my time with Barack. All the I think he romanticizes his time as vice president when most people involved in the administration looked at it and said they didn't really. No, you just pat Joe on the head, you give him a sucker and you, you give him a, a spool of yarn and he'd get he'd be entertained all day until he started either choking on it or couldn't figure out why his fingers weren't getting blood because he would tied it off in knots and was killing himself slowly. Um, if you notice, Barack Obama has not really been around Joe Biden all that much because they aren't friends. But to hear Joe tell it, they're really tight friends. And Barack Obama, I don't think Joe wants Joe Biden to run again. I think he didn't want Joe Biden to run in the first place. And so this gets leaked now to put other Democrats on notice that you're going to have to pull a Jimmy Carter and uh, run against Jimmy Carter the way that Ted Kennedy did. You have to pull a Ted Kennedy, preferably without the murdering of a woman, to run against him, to challenge him going forward putting him on notice. But yeah, this is uh, this is Joe Biden. He's that delusional that he thinks with a popularity rating just this side of severe ankle sprain or minor gash in the forehead that he is the guy for Democrats. And quite frankly, they can have him. Speaking of people they can have, Colin Kaepernick will not go away. Colin Kaepernick still getting going. ABC News did a report on Colin Kaepernick and his attempted comeback. I want to play you this just so you know how delusional this guy is, for the love of God. In one of his first interviews in years, Colin Kaepernick says he still hopes to once again be an NFL quarterback. Do you want to play football? Absolutely. I mean, that's without question. This candid session takes place after the free agent quarterback had a training session with former NFL stars Chad Ochocinco and Brandon Marshall. What you saw out here, that's five years of training behind the scenes to make sure I'm ready and stay ready at the highest level. You don't do that if you don't, if you don't have a passion and you don't believe you're going to find, find a way on that field. Kaepernick acknowledges that at this point he'd sign as a backup. I know I have to find my way back in. Okay. So... Yeah, if I have to come in as a backup, that's fine. But that's not where I'm that's not where I'm staying. Kaepernick did secure one 2017 meeting with the Seattle Seahawks, but he's heard nothing in the five years since. He's even reached out to each team and participated in numerous public exhibitions. In his pursuit of a comeback, Kaepernick trained with Seattle wide receiver Aaron Fuller, through with current NFL players, even passing for scouts at the University of Michigan. Let me come in, compete, show you what I can do. 
The now 34-year-old is asking franchisers and their GMs to see him as a no-distractions team player. The narrative was out, that was out there was, oh, you know, it's going to be a media circus. What else comes with him? I never, I've never heard him interviewed before at length, and I don't remember what he was like as a player when I, I'm sure I saw a camera shoved in his face. But he, I don't know if he sounded the way he does now. They ain't got to be doing this. We got to be doing that. We got to be doing the other thing. They ain't gonna. They ain't gonna be able to hold me back. I don't think so. I don't think that he spoke like that. It reminds me of Hillary Clinton talking to a black church when suddenly, and Al Gore talking to a black church when suddenly their cadence would change dramatically. But uh, if he's sitting there, and he's like, oh no, I'm not gonna be a backup for long. Nobody wants you, dude. You're 34 years old. You're five years out of the league. You sucked in your prime. The, the the footage they're showing of him is him throwing passes to wide-open dudes in a field where nobody's rushing him. Hell, I could do that. There isn't a high school quarterback who couldn't do that. And, uh, no, it shows I'm ready for the pros. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Nobody gives a damn, dude. It's over. Go to the USFL. Maybe they'll take you. They, they need people, right? They need some sort of gimmick. It's all you are. It's your best shot at this point. Anyway... We're out of time. It's a shame when bad things happen to bad people, isn't it? We'll be back here tomorrow. Hope you have a great day. Appreciate you listening. See you then.